Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Asyadu an la ilaha illallah Asyadu an la ilaha illallah Asyadu anna muhammad rasulullah Asyadu anna muhammad rasulullah Hayya ala salat Hayya ala Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina wa Mawlana Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytani rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Laqad kana lakum fi rasulillahi uswatun hasanatun liman kana yarjullaha wal yawmal akhira wa dhakarallaha kathira Wa qala al-Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam خيركم خيركم لأهله وأنا خيركم لأهلي أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله One of the very great favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with a practical deen which is with a deen which relates to every aspect of our life our deen is not confined to our salah and ibadat in the masjid. But our deen gives us detailed guidelines 
relating to every aspect of our lives. From birth and before birth, even conception, and even the relationships before that, right till death and after death, every detail has been explained to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we have this practical deen. And then, not only did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send down guidelines, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with a perfect role model and example, and that was none other than the great and illustrious personality of Sayyiduna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lived in this world. He faced challenges. He had the urges and needs that we have. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa taught us how to navigate through all of this and how to live our life in a way which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in a way which makes us beloved to the creation as well. Among the many spheres and dimensions of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which could be discussed but is generally not so often discussed and which is largely neglected in our lives and because of which we are facing problems on a daily basis and these problems are just escalating and escalating reaching unprecedented proportions and that is our interaction in our marital life how we interact with our wives Obviously, Rasulullah was a man and he was a best husband. He gave us examples as a husband how we should be conducting ourselves. Rasulullah mentioned khayrukum, khayrukum li ahlihi, that the best of you. Nabi gave us a gauge, he gave us a criteria, a criteria of being the best. The best person is not that person whose friend says he's a very good person. The best person is not the person who the Imam of the Masjid says he's a good person. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, if you want to know who's the best person, then I will tell you who's the best person. The best person is that person who is best to his wife, who is best to his family. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa despite being the epitome of humility, Despite Rasulullah being covered with humility and bashfulness from head to toe, and he would not unnecessarily mention his praises, but as a lesson for us, the Ummah, that if you want to follow, then follow me. And Nabi says, that I am the best to my wives, I am the best husband. And you should be following me in being this best husband. And inshallah, in following this way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we will find so much of love, so much of peace and harmony in our homes. Today every second person, if not more, is complaining of conflict, is complaining of problems. Yesterday I was speaking to someone, he had some issue. And then while speaking, he's saying, my wife and I are fighting every day. As if it's normal. This is not normal. Fighting every day has become like normal in our homes. But it's not normal. That's not a normal home. A home, there's no fights every day. Imagine young children growing up and they seeing this going on. 
they seeing their mother and father fighting every day. What impression is, is, is impressed on the minds of those children? Those impressionable minds, they feel this is normal. When they grow up and they get into a marriage, and that's a normal as well. And then what happens? We have the broken homes and the different types of problems that are going on nowadays. All these different problems, we find many of these things stem from the, the home not being stable. And then there's this conflict, ongoing conflict in the home. And then the children are looking for, looking for attention elsewhere. And then we ask the experts, Hafiz Rafiq is here, an expert in drug addiction. And he will explain to us, I heard that this is what he explained in one of his programs recently, that the underlying factor behind addictions many a times is children looking for attention. They're not getting the attention in the home. There's this unstable homes. When there's an unstable home, there's an unstable community. And when there's an unstable community, then we're going to have all the problems and social ills in community. Many a times, respected friends, sorry to say we are to blame. We're not saying the women are innocent. They have their issues. When that is addressed, when they are addressed, those will be, that, that will be discussed. But we are half the problem. And we are half the solution, if not more. Let us try and bring our, our, our side on the, on the right side. And then inshallah we will find that there will be half peace in the home at least. And what happens? What we need to understand is good character, it forces good character. It gives birth to good character. So when we behave nicely to someone, then that person feels obliged and feels forced. Sometimes not immediately. Over time, that person now feels forced that this person is being so good to me, I also need to be good to her, uh, to him. And in that way, in that way, the other party also will begin to behave in the correct way. And this is not something, a theory from my side. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Majid, that you behave in a better manner. You behave in a better manner, whatever the relationship may be. Today we have breakups in every type of relationship. Every type of relationship there's breakups. Allah is giving us the golden principle. You be the better person. Why are you waiting for that person to be the better person? You be the better person. Behave in a better manner. And Allah says the result of that will be that that person who was your arch enemy will become your bosom friend. Show good akhlaq. Show good akhlaq and you will see the end result of it. You know, sometimes a person will say, I can't clap with one hand. Mona, if I try to clap with one hand, I'll end up slapping her. I can't clap with one hand. But this good akhlaq is that one hand that forces the other hand to slap, to clap also. It will make, it has a magnetic force in it. That it will force the other hand to clap. And then both the hands will be clapping. Then we will find that type of harmony. And that type of love. And that type of peace that we're looking for in our homes. And inshallah this day after will spill over into the community. And we will have a good community. So just to take a few examples. From the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There are so many examples in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His beautiful interaction with his family, with his wife. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's wife said, Aisha radiallahu she was young. She came into the nikah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at the age of six. 
And she began living with Nabi Islam at the age of nine. A young girl, obviously her maturity was far superior to the maturity of a grown-up mature woman today. But nevertheless, she was young. She had likes and she had the qualities of a young person. So she was nine years old, she needed to play. Aisha Radhiallah needed to play. She had friends coming over to play. Nabi Islam understood her, understood her age. And Nabi Islam gave her space. He gave her the freedom to do certain things. Obviously within the limit of Shariat. We're not saying we should compromise the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just to keep the wife happy. That will never bring happiness in the home. Because then we are displeasing Allah. And the treasures of happiness lie in the control of Allah. So we're not saying that we will break the commands of Allah to keep her happy. But within the limits of Shariat, within that, that which makes Allah happy, we keep the wife happy, keep her comfortable. And then we will see how we will enjoy so much of happiness in our life. So just to take a few examples, inshallah, this topic will continue next week as well. Another speaker will discuss a few more examples. Because of the need of this topic, the importance of this topic. And there are such things, such incidents that took place in the life of Rasulullah that we can relate to. We will understand that in a marriage, there are certain things that happen. There are certain things which are common that happen in the marriage of Rasulullah as well. And how did Nabi respond? And inshallah, in that way, we will try to emulate Rasulullah and respond in a similar manner. A good husband is a husband who understands his wife. He understands her nature, he understands her likes. Sometimes you go to a, you go to a shop to buy a chocolate for your wife, but you don't know what chocolate she likes. You married for 20, 25, 30 years, you don't even know what chocolate she likes. And that's not a good husband. He doesn't understand his wife. So a good husband is a husband that understands his wife. He understands her emotions just from the way she speaks. But the way she's interacting, he immediately understands there's something that's worrying her. Something that's troubling her. Look at Rasulullah How perceptive he was. How well he understood his wife. On one occasion, Rasulullah says to Sayyidah Aisha that I know when you're happy with me and when you're displeased with me. I know when you're happy with me and when you're displeased with me. So she says, how you know? A normal, healthy relationship, husband and wife relationship. How you know when I'm happy, when I'm, I'm displeased? So Aisha radiallahu anha, Nabi Islam says to Aisha radiallahu anha, that when you are happy with me, then when you take an oath, it was common among the Arabs, they would take a qasam, they would take an oath. Up till today we will find Arabs very often, they take an oath, they say, Wallah, they don't really literally mean taking an oath, but it's part of the language. So, Nabi Islam says to Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, that when you're happy with me and you take an oath, then you say, وَرَبِّ Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that I am taking an oath by the Rabb of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when you're not happy with me, when you're displeased with me, then you say, وَرَبِّ Ibrahim by the Rabb of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Now imagine how Nabi Islam understood his wife so well, that just by the changing of the name of the Nabi, changing it from Muhammad to Ibrahim immediately he understood that she's, she's not happy with me. So Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, obviously she was no ordinary woman. 
to be accepted to be the beloved wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. She was also of another caliber altogether. She says, "O Nabi of Allah, you are right, but la ahjuru illa smak. The only thing I do when I'm displeased with you is that I just leave out your name. That's all. My heart is still filled with love for you. I just leave out your name." The muhaddithin and the ulama explain a very interesting point. They say that Aisha radiallahu anha, she changed the name of Nabi Islam to the name of another Nabi. She could have chosen any other Nabi. She could have said, Warabbi Adam, by the Rabb of Adam salam, or by the Rabb of Sulaiman salam, by the Rabb of Musa salam. So many Anbiya she could have chosen from. But she chose the name of Ibrahim salam. Because Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa had the closest connection with Ibrahim salam. And he was from the progeny of Ibrahim salam. He was on the creed of Ibrahim salam. So she left the name of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa but she chose the name of a Nabi that was closest to him. So I won't go far away from you, I'll still remain close to you. Even in the choice of the name of the Nabi. But the point that we need to understand from here, is that there was so much of freedom in the home of Rasulullah Freedom as we said within the limits and parameters of Shariat. Freedom for her to be her normal self. This na'udhu billah was not someone being an ummati being displeased with a Nabi. No. This was a husband and wife. Although the husband was a Nabi, but in a husband and wife relationship, it's going to happen that the wife for some reason is going to be displeased with the husband. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did not tell Aisha radiallahu anha, how can you be displeased with me? You know I'm the Nabi, how can you be angry with me? How can you be displeased with me? He didn't say that. He gave her the freedom and he made it into a light-hearted thing. I know when you're happy when you're angry. I know when, when it is. And she also responds in that way. To show what a normal and natural life they had. And what a healthy relationship they had. Moving on, on one occasion someone asked Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, how did Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam conduct himself in the home? We make dua, no one must ask our wife. No one must ask our wife. In public for us to give a good impression, obviously we have some type of esteem, some type of respect in society. So even if someone is swearing us, we'll think twice. If I'm going to lose myself, then everyone will say he lost it. But in the home, closed doors, she's weaker than you, she's dependent on you, then no one knows what's happening in the indoors. So that's the real test of character. Now the question that's being direct, directed to Aisha radiallahu anha, that how did Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa conduct himself in the home? The answers that she gave, various answers. But let's, let's just try and understand the answers that she gave. And this was not something made up, not something put up. This was the answer that she gave, which was the reality. She gave different answers, but just to mention a few, she says, "Kana rajulam min rijalikum, kana basharam min al-bashar." Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam had no ears about himself. He was the paragon of Allah's creation. No one could reach up to his level, but he had no ears about himself. He was an ordinary human being. He conducted himself, himself like an ordinary person. Nabi was the most soft. He was the most lenient. He was the most noble. 
He had the most amount of respect. And then she goes on to say, Kana bahakan basama. Nabi Islam was always smiling, always cheerful. When? Not with the secretary, not with the rep, female rep. Kana bahakan basama. He was always smiling and always cheerful within the home. Sometimes he's smiling so much outside the home with strange women that our smiling muscles get tired when we go home. Then only the frowning muscles work. But Nabi Basama. He was always smiling, always cheerful. Imagine that home. What a healthy home. A home where the, the way the which is a real home, which can be called home sweet home. By putting a board outside our home, home sweet home is not going to make that home sweet. The thing that's going to make the home sweet is how we conduct ourselves. As inhabitants of that home, Kana Bahatan Basama, Nabi Islam was always smiling, always cheerful. And what's going on today in the homes, as we touched on earlier on, there's always tension, always fighting. Those young children are growing up, are growing up not in a home, they're growing up in a war zone. They're growing up in a war zone. There's bullets of vulgarity, vulgar language has become normal for us. There's missiles being shot of what of physical abuse. There's bombs of emotional abuse, emotional trauma. And our young children are growing up in this. And what happens because of that? When they grow up on that battlefield, when they grow up in that war zone, then they scarred for life. They have terminal injuries. Injuries that don't leave them. You get children, you get young, young people, teens, 16, 17, suicidal. Why? Because I can't manage fighting of my father and mother. I can't manage it anymore. My father and mother. And let us understand, just as we feel, but it's my child, it's her child also. And that child has got an attachment, has got a natural affinity to the mother. We can do what we want to break that affinity. That affinity is not going to break. It's something natural. There is a space in the heart and mind of the child that the father can never fill. Only the mother can fill it. And if we try to distance the child from the mother, whether in the marriage or if the marriage has broken up, still that child needs the mother to fill that void. The father, the grandmother, whoever it may be can never fill that void. Only the mother can fill that void. And if that void is not filled, that child is going to grow up with lacking something in life. That child is going to grow up with those kind of scars. So let us now change our whole approach. Respective friends, there's too much of this that we're hearing in our society. Too much of this that we're hearing in our community. Before we would say maybe it was among the younger people. Now we're hearing it's something common among the old. Mid-age, mid-age, mid-life crisis, empty nest syndrome, You're giving all these kind of big words. But the bottom line is that there's definitely a problem in our homes. And if we're not prepared to address these problems, these things are going to become worse and worse. Our lives are just going to become more and more miserable. We can have everything of the material. Let us not fool ourselves. We think that I have material security, I'm going to have happiness in life. We can have everything of the material. That home will be a haunted home. That home, when we go to that home, there's no happiness in that home. That home can be the best home. It can have every type of amenity in that home. But there will be no happiness in that home. Why? Because we have ruined our homes. We have destroyed our homes. 
We've built our houses but destroyed our homes. And how we build our homes? By following this perfect example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aisha radiallahu says, Kana dhahakan basama yakunu fi mihnati ahlihi. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would help his family members. It's not below our dignity to help in the home. It's not below our dignity. After we eat to take the, to take the plate that we use to the sink. To take it there is not below our dignity. No, you know me, I'm a motor. When in, 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 in my business, I just stole like that and then there's their people there to serve and you're paying them. They'll do it because of the money. Here the wife is a different story altogether. This is love. And love, you must feel. You must feel an enjoyment in helping. This is love. It's a relationship of love. It's a two-way relationship. Nabi would help his, his wife, would help his family members. But at the same time, Sayyid Aisha says, despite all of this, despite his leniency, despite his cheerful nature in the home, فَإِذَا حَضَرَتِ When the time of salah would come, then immediately Nabi Salaam would leave. Meaning, his primary allegiance was to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was not that because he is good with his family, because he is cheerful, because he is lenient with his family, he was neglecting the commands of Allah. No, no. At the time of salah, or any command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would immediately leave everything else, and Nabi sallallahu would attend, and he would see to fulfilling the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today again, unfortunately because of us taking a different lifestyle as our model, and that is the life, the Western lifestyle, that has become our model, that has become our ideal. So even in terms of marriage, in terms of our interaction with our spouses, that becomes the ideal lifestyle. So the time to express love is in public. When we're walking together in the mall, then we must hold hands and we must show love. And as soon as we go in the home, then the war starts. Why? Again, it's because of an image. We just want to keep an image in society. So we need to show the world that we are the happiest of couples. All the time, we're the furthest away, maybe we're not even sleeping in the same room. We're sleeping in different rooms, but just to show the public, to show everyone else that we are showing love. Look at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Again, the perfect example in showing love to his wife. In expressing love, we'll conclude on this incident. Sayyid Aisha radiallahu says that when I would be eating with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at times I would be even experiencing my monthly cycles because of which a woman is not pure, she's not pure at that time. But she says that Nabi sallallahu alayhi I would eat from a, from a bone, I would chew from the bone. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would take that bone she says that he would consciously look for the exact spot that I place my lips on. The exact spot that I place my lips on and Nabi Islam would chew from that spot. Now imagine what happens. A simple meal can be a simple meal. But when this love is being expressed, not in public, within the home, Within the home, natural love, love which is coming from within. She says he would look for that same spot. Then I would drink from a utensil. Nabi Islam won't just drink from anywhere. Only just pick up the utensil and drink. 
Or we say, no, there's backwash, there are trees of my own. No, he would look for the same spot, exactly same spot, and he will place his Mubarak lips at that spot and he will drink. Now this is love. This is expressing of love. And this is what creates that happy marriage. As we explained in the beginning, that Allah has given us a perfect example. And that is the example of Rasulullah We don't need to look elsewhere. We are sitting with these problems in society. We can't shy away from these problems. And as we said, maybe the woman is to be blamed. But we are half the problem and half the solution if not more. We are half the problem and half the solution. So if we have to get our act in order, if we have to take Rasulullah as that perfect role model in being the best husband, inshallah there will be a world of difference in our homes. And the world of difference in our homes will make a major difference in the world as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with happy homes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to follow the perfect example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa mawlana muhammadi wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Thank <laughs> you.
Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an la Alhamdulillah الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا ان هدانا الله واكمل لنا ديننا واتم علينا نعمته ورضي لنا الاسلام دينا فلا نعبد ولا نستعين الا اياه ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد لقد كان لكم في رسول الله اسوه حسنه لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الاخر وذكر الله كثيرا 
وقال تعالى ادفع بالتي هي أحسن فإذا الذي بينك وبينه عداوة كأنه ولي حميم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خيركم خيركم لأهله وأنا خيركم لأهلي أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن المجيد ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه آيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطيع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصي الله ورسوله فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى وشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى واصدقهم حيان عثمان رضي الله تعالى وقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى وفاطمة سيدة نسائي الجنة رضي الله تعالى والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة يجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أبهم فبحبي أبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى وجل آخرتنا خير من الأولى عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وإنهان الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون قال تعالى فاذكروني يذكركم واشكروني ولا تكفرون Let's ensure the steps are straight all the gaps are filled in space on the left let us fill in all these gaps <coughs> on the left
والضحى والليل إذا سجى ما ودعك ربك وما قلى وللآخرة خير لك من الأولى ولسوف يعطيك ربك فترضى ألم يجدك يتيما فآوى ووجدك ضالا فهدى ووجدك عائلا فأغنى فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَأَدِّثْ الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين ألم نشرح لك صدرك ووضعنا عنك وزرك الذي أنقض ظهرك ورفعنا لك ذكرك فإن مع العسر يسرا إن مع العسر يسرا فإذا فرغت فانصب وإلى ربك فارغب الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله 
أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك ربنا وتعاليت هذا الجلال لكم اللهم لا مانع لما اعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا رد لما قضيت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك واغننا بفضلك عمن سواك ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين امين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين Thank <laughs> you.